to have a daughter right off the jump uh, was wonderful, uh, you know, because it teaches you how to love in a different way, I believe. It's not about you anymore, it's about them. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddie. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have Derek Mason. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Just getting off work, so decompressing a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, people follow you on social media. They know fatherhood is important to you. Uh, I know, I think you guys had some fun trips recently, so we're going to get into that in a second. But take me back when you found out you were going to be a dad, Derek. What was going through your mind, sir? Uh, 1999, uh, when we had our daughter, Bailey, uh, you know, we were young. I mean, we were young parents. We were only married, what? We got married in 97, so two years. Um, and um, before that, um, we had a miscarriage. We have two of them, actually. So um, to get this news uh, that we were having uh, a child was uh, was great for us uh, after, you know, what we had been through two prior times. Uh, and then to find out, you know, subsequently a few, you know, months later or weeks later that we were having a girl, I was ecstatic. Uh, you know, it was... Um, some things you, I think some things you are just born to, to, to be or do. And I think, um, being a parent is one of those for me. Um, and to have a daughter right off the jump was wonderful. Uh, you know, because it teaches you how to love in a different way. I believe it's not about you anymore. It's about them. And your sole obligation is to no one but them. Um, and I can remember, you know, we got the news and everything was great, but, you know, at the time we had to be very careful because, um, Marcy was my wife at the time. She was, she's diabetic and her and I are still great friends, friends to this day, but she was diabetic and we had to be very careful. So it was, um, the pregnancy, um, it was one of those deals where high risk pregnancy. So she had to watch everything that she was doing. Um, and then in 99, we, Bailey was born in, in uh, March of 99. And I can remember being, you know, at the hospital, just excited. Uh, I remember going to work that day and, you know, giving everybody cigars, the coaches and everything. Uh, but I can remember driving home that day. And that's probably the slowest I've ever driven. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I mean, it, it, seriously, it took... You know, it took forever to get the car seat in because you want to make sure it's in perfect, uh, perfectly. You want to make sure everything's strapped down. Uh, she was born in Vanderbilt. Uh, our doctor, Dr. Graves, was wonderful. I mean, the best doctor. Um, and driving home that day, it was just a slow drive and just taking it all in and, you know, getting her home and getting get my daughter settled and just becoming a new parent and not knowing really... You know, I, I, you know, my mom and dad raised, you know, my little brother and us and, and, and whatnot. And I'm sure, you know, for, for Marcy, she's seen that, that part of raising children um, with her parents. Um, but it's nothing 
there's not a book on how to be a parent. This really, I mean, there are a bunch of books, but every child is different. Every child is different. Every parent is different. So it's almost, you know, it's trial by error. Um, you know, yeah, you do ask your parents questions, um, but then you want to parent the way that 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 you know how. You want to take <clears throat> the best of what your parents did and implement it into what you did. And you want to take some of those things that you didn't think were so great about your parents, you want to kind of leave those out. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, we did a, it, um, we had a wonderful time. Um, just being parents of little kids um, yeah. um, and, you know, having Bailey, I swear she went everywhere with us um, just about other than the work, but yeah. um, she would, I would take her, if I was going to the store, I'd just throw her in the car, take it to the store. Uh, she would travel with us on long road trips back to Michigan. And the crazy part about it is Marcy would go to sleep and Bailey would stay up with me the whole time. Her eyes just looking at the road. Stand up with me. So that was good to have. I called him my little road dog back then. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she was uh she was great. Um uh, and you know, it was another funny story is uh, you know, she wouldn't get to sleep. So, you know, I figured out that if I put her in the car sometimes, she had just kind of doze off and I had to take her back in the in the house. So I would that's why I would take her a lot of places with me. Yeah. put her in a car seat, drive around town, do some runs and errands, but she would fall asleep and then bring her back home and she would sleep for hours. So, um, yeah, she was, uh, it, it was, it was great, you know, finding out that news and then actually, you know, becoming a parent. Uh, there's nothing better. No doubt there. I appreciate everything you just said. I'm sorry for the things you had to go through with the miscarriages and two, and then so all of the things, you know, with the high risk pregnancy, with everything you guys had experienced before. And then like, you know, you want to be happy. You want to tell people, but you're like, I, I don't want to, you know, mess anything around. I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah. So I, I could, I totally understand that. And the drive home, you were so right. <laughs> I have two daughters. <laughs> and I remember from both of them driving real slow. We didn't go the highway and we're just making all back roads and all that. And, it, it, everything you said, man, it just, it, it shows that, you know, you are looking to be the best dad you can possibly, where you take stuff from your parents that you appreciated and then other things you're like, nah, I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate And you're right too. There is no, there, there are plenty of books, but it's not going to be like, all right, so my child is three months. She's colicky and she doesn't like eating like X, Y, Z. Where's the, where's the chapter in that? There's not going to be a chapter in that. And like you said, you have these instincts that are built in you and you're like, all right, this is how I'm going to parent. Uh, and, you know, get through this and make sure I'm raising my child the way I think that he or she should be raised. Talk a little bit about some of the core values. I mean, of course, I'm guessing hard work and determination for uh -huh. not just football, but, you know, college. And then the stuff you're doing now with the different ventures that you're at. Hard work, I'm guessing, is going to be yeah. a staple, right? It, it, you know, because I say, you know, I've seen my mom and dad. Uh, my dad, you know, he, he was in the Army for a while. I um, got out of the Army. He, my mom, he and my mom met. Uh, or when mom, when they worked at Chrysler, which is in Michigan, uh, one of the plants there. And I saw them go to work every day, just work hard, hard, hard. And, you know, never complained, made sure that, you know, we didn't have what we wanted, but we had what we needed um, as kids. There were seven of us. So 
you know, we had to spread the, we had to spread the wealth around. Now there were different stages where kids were in the house and going to college and stuff like that. But, you know, but there were seven of us, but I saw my mom and dad work extremely hard uh, just to provide and didn't complain, uh, did the jobs that they were supposed to do, uh, make sure we had. Um, so I wanted to take that and implement it with my family, just the core value of working hard, nothing is given everything is, is earned um and then having our having Derek which is our second child in 2001 uh that was a big it was actually I was a big shift for us as well as parents too now we go from you know parenting one kid now we got to parent two kids and this kid is totally different from the first kid so how do you, what, you know, something they don't tell you, right? Something exactly. that you think like, oh, they'll be the same, but they're not because you and your siblings weren't the same, right? Oh, no, not at all. We were so different. I mean, you know, from one, one person to the next person. So you're talking about seven different personalities and then now just two different personalities. Um, great kids, but just two different personalities. And we wanted to make sure that we raised our kids to, to be loving uh, to be respectful, uh, to have goals, uh, to, to work hard at what they do, to believe in what they do, and to show them that no matter what, you love your family, you love your brother, you love your your mom and your dad, no matter what happens. Um, and I've always told them, like, listen, because we, you know, we were not living in Michigan with my family or her family. So we didn't, they didn't, they didn't grow up with their cousins and aunts around and everything. Now they had friends and people that became close to them. But, you know, I would tell them all the time, like, listen, when mom and dad are gone, we, we spent our time here on earth. It's just going to be y'all too, you know, so y'all got to love one another and be there for one another. Yeah, y'all get mad at one another, but at the end of the day, it's y'all too. You know, so y'all got to take care of one another. And I still preach that to them today. Like, even though y'all are adults today, y'all still got to take care of one another. Y'all got to make sure y'all are there for one another and love one another. So, you know, our thing was, we're going to, no matter what happens, we're going to stay together as a family. We're going to love each other as a family. And even through, you know, um, the divorce, we've still managed to love one another uh, my ex-wife and I have a really, really good relationship um, and we co-parent uh, really, really well because our thing is no matter what, whatever we do, we got to do for our children. Uh, whatever, however, I don't care if we're mad at one another, what we do, we do for our children. So we got to put all that other stuff aside and it and it's worked um, and, our, and our kids are doing really well. They're not perfect by any means. I get mad at my son a lot. I get mad at my daughter as well, but uh, but they 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 stayed true to those core values of respect, love, and hard work. Love it, Derek. And and, and man, like it, the same thing. My wife and I say to our daughters, it's like once we're gone, mm -hmm. it's just you two. And we moved around a lot. Like when I was a kid, uh, I was the youngest of three, and we moved around a lot. But then uh, with my wife and I, we've kind of moved around a lot and, you know, they've got friends and, and, and good and like neighbors and all that stuff that they hang around with. But we said to them, it's like, you guys should be there for each other. Like you said, you're going to argue, you're going to fight, but just make sure that you're always there for each other. So I love that. And I appreciate the values. Two more questions before we kind of get into other things. What is something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there, but once you became a dad, you're like, ah, oh, 
I didn't know this about myself or about like life. What were life lessons that they taught you? <laughs> um, they told me, they taught me how to say sorry. They taught me how to get outside of myself and apologize, to see things bigger than myself. Uh, you know, my kids, anytime, you know, because we're not perfect parents, we may say something, we may do something, not purposely, but it happens in a course of life. And, you know, you may hurt their feelings or you may disappoint them in some way. But if they, but, but you got to teach your kids that, okay, dad is not perfect. Mom is not perfect. But when we do mess up, we're going to say sorry. We're going to apologize. I'm not, just because I'm the parent doesn't mean I shouldn't apologize to my children if I've hurt them in any way. Um, and that's what it's taught me to know when and how to apologize to an individual. It's not always about me. It's about all of us. So if I may do something that, you know, I think may be right at the time and they may not, then I got I go back and have time to think about it. And if I was wrong, I'm, I'm going to say I'm sorry. But if even if I feel I was right, I still will go to them and talk to them on why, hey, listen, this is why I made the decision to do what I did. You know, you may not see it now, but this is why I did it. So we never, we try to never leave them wondering, you know, why we did what we did or why we said what we said. Or if we've hurt their feelings, it's like, listen, yes, I'm your parent, but that doesn't mean parents shouldn't say sorry to their children, shouldn't apologize to their children. And also the other thing that it, it, it has allowed me to realize and know is that I need to listen more. You know, you need to, when your kids are talking, you need to really pay attention to them and not just, because a lot of times parents, we get so busy with stuff or whatnot and we, kids say things to us and we sort of dismiss it and keep on going about our lives. And then a month or two later, the kids start acting out and we're trying to figure out, well, where did that come from? Well, they had been trying to tell you, you know, much prior, this is what's going on or, or dad, you're not doing this. You're not listening to me or you're not, you're not present while, while we're together. I had to learn that. Like, I need to be more present when the kids are around. I need to listen to them because, you know, I don't, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be that parent that, like I said, that if something happens, you know, a month or two later, I'm trying to figure out like, where did that come from? Yeah. Well, a lot of times your kids, whether it be verbally or by action, they're telling you what's wrong with them or they're telling you, the 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 deficiencies that you have that they see that they want you to change um so it has caused me to really kind of sit back and you know say okay i hear what my children are saying i may not agree with them all the time but you know i hear them we've always told them like listen this form that we have this family that we have you can say what you want to but respectfully you, if you got something to say, we're going to give you a voice because, you know, I didn't have a voice when I was young. You know, back then, my dad was a military guy. And my mom, they were strong willed and they were like, listen, y'all do it this way. This is the way we need to do it. This is in every day. Nobody say anything. You didn't have a say. So I wanted to make sure and I turned out great, but I wanted to make sure my children had a say in what was going on. Listen, if you if you don't agree with us, tell us why you don't agree with us respectfully. That doesn't mean I'm going to change what I said, <laughs> but at least you can say, well, mom and dad hurt. They understood what I was coming from.
But again, it doesn't mean it's going to change. Sometimes it may change, but not all the time. But as long as I feel as long as the kid feels they have a voice and they can say what they need to say respectfully, that's that that's 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 a winning recipe, I believe. No doubt there, man. I, I'm so glad, you know, you're able to come on the show because I, I think a lot of parents kind of need to hear this. And I, I agree, man, like um, saying you're sorry and having the kids see adults, especially parents who they look up to. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. He, he or she apologized to me. Like, and then also to listening because mm-hmm. I think as they get older, your kids are older than mine, mm-hmm. but I think especially with the way you feel about parenting and communication and listening, I think you, and I've experienced, my daughters are 14 and 12, but it's like, I've experienced, like, everyone's like, I'll oh, get ready. High school okay. years, you know, teenage years. But I'm like, if that's a cool, okay, that's a stereotype. That's something that's played out on TV shows and all that. But if you're actually, you're going to have fights with your kids. I get that. But listening to them, talking to them, mm-hmm. and having, and, and, and making sure that they have a say about what we do as a family can go a long way because they will be like, okay, not only do, do I respect them, but they're respecting me and I want to be open with them. I'm guessing you've experienced those things, right? Absolutely. Uh, listen, we, like I said, we give them a form to be, to say what they need to say respectfully, to be honest with us. Um, because my, our thing was we would rather them, no matter what they're going through, no matter if they've done something bad, no matter what, if they, we want them to feel as if they can come to mom and dad. They don't have to go to their friends or their friend parents or their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Now they may talk to them, but first and foremost, they come to mom and dad and they, 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 they express what's going on with them. And then as parents, we're there to help guide them. You know, So the last thing we want them to do is try to go out to someone else and try to get information, especially someone that's the same age as them. It's like, what can they tell you? I mean, they 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 haven't lived in the, they've lived the same amount of years that you've lived. So they haven't lived enough life to be able to give you advice on some of these things. Even with even with sex, it's like, listen, this is we don't want y'all to have, you know, sex until you're married. We, you know, as parents, that's what we we don't want, to, but we understand the world that we live in now. Yeah. We understand. So if y'all ever have that that feeling, because you, 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 I mean, you'll find out once your kids start and the hormones start going and they start thinking and their friends are talking about this and that, and, and in their mind, they're trying to figure it all out. So regardless of what, if if indeed this you feel this is what you want to do, come and talk to us about it first. And then we will sort of help guide you uh, uh, through this. So, you know, it's not like... We're not telling them shame, shame, shame. You shouldn't talk about it. No, come and talk to us. Yeah. And from what I understand, you know, and 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 I believe my kids, they haven't had sex to this day. My my daughter's twenty three and my son's twenty, and you know they they want one. My daughter just wants to be in a position where she's in love with somebody, and she wants to be with that person before she does that, and then she still working on her career as well and my son's still in school so he he's not thinking about anything but video games studying going to class that's really about it that's all he does now he has a little girl that he talks to and i discuss with him every time like listen i remember having this talk with my daughter's boyfriend uh and then my son uh, she started dating this little guy and he's 
a, a really good guy, they, good family and whatnot. And met his mom and dad. They were great. Yeah. Uh, his, his parents loved my daughter. They were in love with her. But, you know, I told my daughter, I said, I, got, I need to talk to this young man. When she first started dating him, I need to talk to this young man. We need to have a conversation. All right, dad. All right, dad. So the, the, the young man and I met at a restaurant. We sat and talked. And, and my message to him was, listen, I know y'all are teenagers. I know, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around. I said, listen, what I, this is all I want you to do is you respect my daughter and my daughter will respect you. Don't force her to do anything that she doesn't want to do. And I expect her not to force you to do anything that you don't want to do. That is all. And do not put your hands on my daughter. That, that's all I had for you. know, he was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they had a really good relationship. And, you know, it blossomed into you know, what they considered love. I mean, you know, when you're that young, is it really love? But okay. Um, and then they're, they're not together anymore, but they're friends to this day. They're both at, you know, they graduated from different colleges, but they're still friends. Um, and I think it's because, you know, he didn't pressure her to do anything that she was, didn't want to do. And she didn't pressure him to do anything that he wanted to do. He, he wanted to do. And I told my son the same thing. Like, listen, I don't want you to go out and I want you to treat the person that you're dating how you would want the guy that's dating your sister to treat her. That's all, that's all I want. You respect that young lady and don't do anything that she doesn't want to do and, and vice versa. That's all I told him. And he was like, he's yes, dad, yes, dad, I understand. So if you respect her, she respects you, then y'all get along and y'all won't have these problems. But, you know, it's like, if you don't do that, then you're going to have more problems than not. So my thing is, this is the, these are the, these are the, the got sort of guidelines that I'm giving, giving both of them. And, but I understand that maybe they step outside of these sort of guidelines, but they can always come back in. them. They can always come back and, Hey dad, this is what I did. I'm sorry. Um, and we can talk through it. Or my daughter the same way. More than likely, she goes to her mom when she has problems. <laughs> <laughs> she'll come to me like afterwards, like, Dad, this is what's going on. But my son, he'll come to me. He, you know, he comes to me and he goes to his mom too. But, you know, just trying to keep in this day and age, it's, it's, it's so hard. I'm sure as you're going through as well. It's so hard to raise kids in this day and age because there are so many other things out there contrary to what you're trying to teach your children. Yeah, no doubt. Derek, I really appreciate that. And I, I feel like the next question, um, and, and you, meant, you also mentioned too, like going to see, like talk to their friends. It's like, hey, what a life experience do they have? It's, and that's why they always say kind of using the football analogy, it's like that's when veteran leadership comes into play because, yeah, you might have the ability as a rookie or a second-year, you know, player in the league, but like there is some, you know, idea and strength to the idea of like, okay, someone's been there before, they're a veteran, they've had, you know, NFL experience so they can take that when it comes to this, you know, um, this gameplay or this, you know, this uh, play on the field or something like that, just like in life, you guys, as parents, we have more life experience than our kids. Um, my next question, I think it might be easy, easy for you. And you can also use stuff that you, you said before, because I think that's all great dad hack or a piece of advice you'd uh, offer to new dads. And I think like you talked about communication, listening, and there's so many things that you said. So I feel like you already answered this question. So we can go past this, but I do want to give you the opportunity. Dad hack or piece of advice, what would it be to new dads? Um, to new dads, just enjoy that time. In, enjoy 
that moment. Don't leave it, uh, you know, because a lot of times, you know, as, as, as parents, it's, and I've seen my friends do this too. Um, it's okay, you, you, the baby's here and, you know, the mom's really close to the baby. So she's doing everything. And it's like, you only do a few things as a parent, as a dad, it's, hey, and, and, because you're working, but then you come home and, 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 and yeah, you may change the diaper here. Yeah, you may do this. Or yeah, you may just hold the baby and spend time. And that's all that stuff is great. But for new dads, any opportunity you get to, to, to bond with your child, do it. Whether it be, you know, um, bath time, whether it be bedtime, reading a book to them, just sitting there, holding them, loving on them, paying attention to them, do it. Because that stuff in the long run means so much. You just don't know how many times, you know, when, when Bailey and Derek were, you know, they're three years apart, but when, say when Derek was two or three and, and Bailey six, you know, I would go in Derek's room and read him a book before he go to bed every night. I would go in, then go in Bailey's room and I would have to read her a book as well every night. You know, those things they remember. And to me, those are things that they will do to their children. You know, bath time, being there at bath time, giving them a bath, sitting with them at dinner, helping. These are things that you are, are, are embedding in them, in them that when they become parents, that's the only thing they know. Okay, I'm a dad. I, got, I need to be, you know, I need to put my son to bed. I need to read him a book. I need to read my daughter a book. You know, I need to give her a bath. These are the things that I need to do because this is bonding time. They got, bond, they got that bondness with mom. They will always have it, no matter what. That's the first person they run to when things are going wrong, when they're happy, that they tell mom first. They have that bond with mom from day one. You need to build that bond with them the minute they come out of mom's stomach. That's when you need to start really, truly building that bond with them. And those little things help. Oh, man, Derek dropping some fantastic fatherhood uh, truth bombs on here. I love this, man. Um, big fan of the NFL, big fan of just, you know, sports in general, but NFL is my favorite sport. Um, and I, and I always love when I have the opportunity to chat with guys who play in the NFL, talk a little about, you know, you played in one of the great colleges in for, you know, college football programs at Michigan state, but talk about what was maybe the biggest hurdle or the biggest change for you from Michigan state to the NFL, because obviously Michigan state, like you're playing with people and you're seeing, you're going against people and practicing with people who that guy can be in the league with me. That guy, you know, if we all make it, like I could see them, but like, once you get to the NFL, what was like the biggest hurdle or transition for you? Um, I think the, the biggest hurdle for me, I don't think it had anything uh, necessarily to do with the on-field stuff. It was the off the field stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that you, You've, you've you've gotten drafted and now that you're on a team you've signed this contract now everybody thinks you have all this money when in actuality no nah, not really I mean that first year my you know Marcy was making more money than me at her job than I was making you know playing professional football that's just it's it, just the way it was back then so you know this idea of all of a sudden now you get drafted and you have all this money well, that's the hurdle that I had to sort of get over because I had to tell people like my close family members, like what y'all think I have, I don't have yet. You know, the contract that I have is a small contract, you know? So I got to make sure I, I do what I need to do 
to make sure this money lasts because I don't know if I'm going to sign another uh, second contract or a third contract. I'm only the here and now, right now. And I got to take care of a new baby, you know, in 99. Well, I got drafted in 97, but in 99, I got to take care of a new baby. Matter of fact, in 01, I got to take care of two, you know, and a wife. Um, so I can't just, as much as I may want to give, I can't, you know, because I got to take care of family first. I got to take care of those that are in my household first before I take care of anybody. That was probably the biggest hurdle I had to get over. Um, now, once I got on the field, it was, you know, I wanted to prove, you know, everybody wrong because I, you know, I ended up getting drafted in the fourth round. I thought I should have been drafted early, but how many times we've heard that story? Hey, man, I should have been drafted in the first <laughs> round. Well, yeah, there was like 500 people, 500 other people that said they should have been drafted in the first round too. So, hey, take your pick, stand in line. <laughs> um, but no, I, I used it as a chip. Like, listen, I'm going to, I need to prove that even to the team that drafted me, one, you drafted me too late. You should have drafted me earlier. And then the other teams, y'all didn't draft me. Well, I'm going to make y'all pay. But, but what I had to come to realize is that it was going to take time. You know, it wasn't going to be just like, okay, you step in the NFL, you start playing. No, I had to wait my turn. I had to sit back and wait my turn. So I had to truly, not only was I practicing patience at home with the kids, um, but I had to practice patience at work as well because things just were not going the way I thought they should go. Um, so I had to sort of get over that hurdle of my expected, what I expected to happen and what was going to actually happen. Um, because for me, I expected me to play right away. I should be in this rotation. Well, it didn't happen. So what was I going to do? Just, you know, pout all day and get mad and eventually get dismissed from the team? No, I had to use that as a challenge and another hurdle in my life that I had to overcome. No doubt, man. And to this to this day, like as I got older, maybe as a kid, I really didn't think about it. Or I didn't even pay attention to it, but I think they make it more of a deal now about like player contracts and all that stuff. Uh -huh. For the life of me, I'm like, you don't have, well, maybe like certain public professions or maybe, but like just sports in general, like why do we have to know what athletes make? And it's also too, if we're going to do that, and obviously I think people know that if they're into sports, you see that the people, the, the, the people who run the team or uh, own the franchise name or whatever, they're billionaires. And I just think it's funny how it comes down, like when fans be like, I can't believe this person, like this player, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do you see the people they're working for? <laughs> like, they're billionaires. So, like, for the life of me, like, why are we still talking about other people's money? Because, like, if your salary, like, you know, average Joe, you know, neighbor was getting their salary out there, everyone's like, oh, that's how much you make? Or, wow, you make that? People start looking at you differently, and they exactly. expect different things. So, for the life of me, I know, and I know I've, I've talked to athletes about this before, and, like, well, it comes with the territory. But it's just something to me. I'm like, we don't need to know this, right? <laughs> Just because it just becomes just because it comes with the territory doesn't mean they need to know. You know, <laughs> it's part of the territory they should know about, and that's my contract. They can know about the other parts, but not this part. Yeah. You know? So, but it's 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 you know you get used to it after a while, and um, you know Marcy was a wonderful buffer for me uh, at the time. Um, she was sort of the um, um, she was sort of the bad person, and that's sort of how we set it up. Um, you know, it was because I was. She shouldn't be. She shouldn't have been put in that position. You know, it's. Like <laughs> yeah, she shouldn't be. But she was like, I know because you know you get call after call after call, and I was a person that you know it was like I couldn't say no because it's almost like you feel obligated in a sense to help, 
Um, that's the way you feel, but in actuality, you're not obligated to help, but that's the way you feel. So Marcy would be the person that says, well, he can't do it at this time. Check back with us, maybe, you know, a month from now, but right now he just can't do it. So she kind of filtered out a lot of stuff for me that I didn't even get a chance to hear, which was a good thing. Yeah, no doubt, man. Like after seeing that 30 for 30 with like Bernie Kosar and stuff and just everyone coming out of the woodwork, it's like, yeah, good Lord, man. Like, leave, leave everybody alone and let them handle their private stuff in the, in the privacy, man. Um, a couple more questions before we finish off the father and quick five. Um, a lot of accolades. Like, and you said, you know, you were, you, you were waiting your turn and you had to prove to get on the field, man. But when you got on the field, electricity man it was just like people had you on your fantasy teams of course and all that good stuff but what are you most proud of when you look back at your career um just you know of course getting to the nfl is one thing how long you played in is, is another thing too because you know the average career is like what like two and a half years maybe but for the longevity and all that good stuff what are you most proud of of your playing days in the league um i think it would be that the longevity um and the consistency um, that I played with, uh, <laughs> yep. it's a brutal sport, uh, but to, in 15 years to have missed, I think only two or three games. Um, and that was early in my career that I missed those games. It wasn't like later on, I started getting hurt and all that other stuff. No, it was early in my career when I got, when I missed those um, two or three games, but just the consistency and the longevity is what I'm most proud of. Uh, and then that I was able to uh, provide uh, a way of life uh, for my family uh, because a lot of, I mean guys worried about it you know guys worry about it all the time uh, no matter if your spouse is working or not it's you know I want to be able to do well enough to provide for my family yeah. uh, and and you know those are those are the things that I'm that I'm most proud of nice did you and your teammates talk about fatherhood or just parenting and, and cause, okay, you're going there for a job. I get it. But like, and you're focused on making sure you guys are all on the same page, but like, did you guys talk about fatherhood in, in the locker room and stuff? Um, every so often, um, you know, especially more so with the ones that the, the friends that your um, teammates you were closer to mm. teammates you can sort of spend uh, time with outside of the locker room, the, the friends that came over to the house or you went over to the house with their children. So yes, we discussed fatherhood, um, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's a good thing when you can come to a team that's already sort of built with a bunch of dads, you know, uh, <laughs> instead of going to a team that's so young and nobody's married, nobody has any children. So it's like, man, I can't bounce anything off of him. Or, you know, they're out all the time. So it's like, I can't, I'm, at, I'm at the house. So what can I, you know, how do we relate? You know, because your life is totally different from mine. But to walk into a organization where a bunch of these guys have families, they're married, you know, they have kids that are in college and stuff like that. It's a, it's a good environment to walk into. Nice. Last question before the father of quick five. You do a great job, obviously, um, for the game on 102.5 and 106.3 in Nashville for sports talk. You do a lot of other ventures as well, too. Um, talk about, like, how you, you know, transition from your time in the NFL to, like, all right, because everyone talks about the competition and, like, they just miss that, right? Like, all athletes, I say, like, I just miss the competition and all that, and you always want to, like, have those competitive juices flowing. But did you kind of think that you were going to get into, like, talk radio and sports radio once you kind of – uh, left uh, the NFL? Um, I started, uh, I say the last, um, 
This is when I was in Baltimore, I would say the last three or four years, I saw it started making that transition um, from, you know, playing football into doing, you know, in the media world, whether, and, 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 and the Baltimore Ravens were very helpful and instrumental in allowing me to sort of access that world and, you know, sort of gain experience uh, while playing. Um, I was, you know, they, they set it up where I can do a player show uh, every Friday. Uh, we would do a player show in the building. And it was just me playing pool and me and me and another teammate playing pool. I forgot what it was called, but I got a bunch of DVD CDs of it. Nice. But me and the players playing pool and just talking about the game, talking about, you know, their childhood, their college and just their NFL experience. So that that helped me as well. So that that went really well. And then I just started doing I had my own radio show while I was there, which was great. And then not only having my own radio show. Um, they allowed me uh, after, I think I, uh, after my fourth or fifth year, now it might've been my fourth year there. They allowed me to open and close the show. So I became the actual host of the show. Now there was another guy there with me that had been in the radio business, television business for the longest. He, and he helped me um, through that. Actually Stan was an old uh, Baltimore coach. So Stan had been there forever. He had been doing radio and television forever. Um, so he would help me through it all. But, you know, he wanted me and the station wanted me to, to, you know, gain more experience at opening up the show and closing the show. And I think that helped me in the long run. Nice, man. Yeah, and it just I used to work in radio, so I know, like, you know, all this effort that takes in there for so for you to exceed and obviously the greatest, um, you know, level of, uh, at the you know, football for the NFL. And obviously now Excel in radio, man, that that's pretty sweet, man. Double threat right there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to finish off with the fatherhood quick five favorite family movie. Do you guys have one? Um, Greece. Oh, now, nice. yeah. Now, now not the kids don't like Greece as much now because they're sort of in other things. Yeah. Uh, but Marcy and I loved Greece. And, you know, when the kids were little, they, it was watching a bunch of musicals. And, but anything, anything that had to do with music, they would love. They would sit down. I remember us, I forget what movie that was. It was, uh, no, The Five Heartbeats. Okay. We were watching Five Heartbeats, and it's a musical, and they loved it because it had a bunch of music in it. And in the end, it was a it was a really good story. Um, I think it derived from possibly the Temptations. It was sort of a not a true story, but sort of one of those um, sort right. of like things that that happened, but based on reality, right? On, yeah, based on you know whatever. Um, but that was a really good movie. Um, so we loved that movie. Uh, the Home Alone movies were good. Um, they loved those. Um, and what else? What, what else did we watch? We watched a bunch of kid movies, man. We watched so many kid movies. It was pathetic. As you know, uh, you find yourself loving cartoons that you thought you would never love. Uh, so, but anytime, I mean, we would, you know, during, during, the, during the season, we would, you know, either movie night or dinner night uh, on Fridays. Nice. Uh, and then once in an off season, we make sure we do something every Friday or Saturday together as a family. 
That's awesome. Love it. Um, kind of speaking, going with music, was there a band or an artist you were looking to introduce them to when they got to a certain age to appreciate it or vice versa? Did your kids get you into some music? And you're like, Hey dad, check this out. I wanted them. It was for me at least, because this is the music that I grew up with. Luther Vandross, uh, the Temptations, uh, Whitney Houston, um, uh, a lot of old groups and ballads and slow songs. So when the kids got of age to sort of listen to music and understand it, that's all they heard. The Temptations, they heard Gladys Knight, they heard, uh, who else, Whitney Houston. They were hearing all these older, you know, uh, groups that they didn't have no idea who they, who they were, but as they started to get older, they appreciated that music, not so much so now, because they're into their own music now, um, but back then, um, even like my son, my son loved, and I repeat, loved Usher when he was like three years old. He would say, "Play Usher." That's all he would. Soon as we, soon as we would get in the car, he would just scream, "Usher, Usher, Usher, Usher," and we would have to play a song of Usher's. All the, it got to a point where I hated playing Usher. <laughs> it was like, dude, can we play something else? I'm like, man, this is just getting ridiculous, but that's what he loved. So it was like, okay, I got to play it for you so you can, you know, calm down or whatnot. But now it's, you know, they listen to music and I tell myself, like, man, listen, half of the music you listen to, I don't understand what they're saying. I just don't, man. It's like, dad, this is what they're saying. I'm like, no, they're talking too fast. He's like, no, you're listening too slow, dad. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, dude, I don't understand what they're saying at all. So, but the good part about it is that, you know, when when me and the kids are in a car together, even now, when me and the kids are in a car together, uh, you know, unlike my, you know, when I was growing up, you know, and probably when you was growing up as well, it's like, nope, what dad, mom and dad are listening to is what mom and dad's gonna listen to. We don't care what y'all listening to or what y'all wanna listen to. Well, when the kids get in the car, it's like, listen, y'all listen to whatever y'all want to. Just, I just don't wanna hear a bunch of curse words and vulgarness that it beside that if y'all want to play the clean versions of songs play it that's yes. just what you do i mean because it's your music i can't sit here and tell you you shouldn't like the type of music that you listen to it's yours you don't tell me what i should like or what i don't like so you know you get in the car you can control as they would call it the ox you control the ox and we can go from there <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah and whitney houston probably one of the best singers no not probably one of the best singers of all time like uh -huh. you just see her perform and just the range she had was amazing and the good thing about usher is because he had not just like one cd right he had a couple of uh cds and they're exactly. all good so it wasn't like he had to play the same cd over and over again describe the perfect family vacation where would it be uh, perfect family vacation, uh, it would be something that involves not only uh, entertainment where we can go and enjoy ourselves, but also history uh, where, you nice. know, my, my, the kids, like, that's one, like, the vacation we just came from. We had to do some things for my son, and we had to do some things for my daughter. Now, my son's the, hey, let's go, you know, four-wheeling, let's go out on the water, Let's go hike and let's do all these sort of outdoorsy things. My daughter's like, okay, I can do that, but I want to go to museums. I want to walk around, take pictures, see history. Um, so if the perfect vacation for us, if we can do both, where we can have fun, but then also we can do the, you know, going through the town, 
finding out the history of the town, going to museums and seeing things. So, and that's how this last vacation was for us. You know, it was, yeah, we got a chance to, you know, have fun and do all this other stuff. But then we went to museums, we visited the old towns and everything else. So it was a perfect vacation for us. Nice, man. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like kind of for us, we went back. I used to grow up, I used. I lived in New Hampshire for a bit when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And so we took, my wife and I took our kids to Boston to go see a Red Sox game. And we went to, you know, different like museums and stuff. And it was just really cool. Like, yeah, when you combine like some fun stuff, but also some history and learning about certain things, I love it. And there's a bunch, I'm guessing, especially because you're still covering the NFL. But favorite player, like a couple of players, not saying like this is the only player you like to watch, but favorite player in the NFL right now that you definitely like enjoy watching, like must-see TV, who is Oh, uh, man. Lamar Jackson, love watching him play. Uh, <laughs> Josh Allen, love watching him play. Um, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, Tom Brady, just because he's been able to do it for so long and at a high level, man, it's good. It's unbelievable. It's uh, insane, uh, right? Like, what? Like, man, goodness, are you a robot or something? But uh, yeah, just <laughs> like just, just seeing these guys, like guys that, you know, Brady, I played against him and he's still playing at a high level. You know, some of these other guys that I, that, that I played against, you know, my last year or two in the NFL and now look at what they're doing um, in the National Football League. So, just teams like that. And and I love to see Derrick Henry play and he's local here in town. So yeah. love watching Derrick Henry play. Um, so th- those are um, some of the guys that I still enjoy uh, watching play, but you know, I don't get to see them all the time, but any chance I can see them, any chance I can get to see them when they're on television, I watch it. Nice. Yeah. Lamar, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are like, great players to be like, all right, the league's going to be good for a while because like what they do is just like, exactly. <laughs> how the hell that happened, right? Me and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes the same way. Yeah, it's just yep, like, yeah. the guy's a wizard. It's like good inspiration. So, you know. <laughs> Love it. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Loving, um, committed, just honest. Nice. Yeah. Great three words right there. People make sure you follow Derek on Twitter, D Mason 85, Instagram, D Mason 8585, and check out Derek on 1025 and 1063, the game uh, on uh, Nashville Sports Talk. You've been very generous with your time. Like I said, I know you're a busy guy, but this was great. And I hope people take everything that you thought about, like your fatherhood, you know, vision and your fatherhood journey, man, is great. And I'm so honored to have you on here because everything you're talking about, I wholeheartedly agree. You want your kids to be better. Um, and, and, you know, and you want them to nothing but positive and they're going to have the negatives and the downfalls, but like everything that you're doing, it just sounds like you just want them to live a great life and be positive people in the world. So again, thank you for your time. And I wish you and your family continued success, sir. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for checking out this week's edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts and also go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, the Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net and please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because I'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.